You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. We concentrate at uh, this time of the year on, I guess, one aspect of the life of Jesus Christ. That was, of course, um, his incarnation coming to earth and, and the manger. But I wanted to share with you briefly this morning, and, and again, a very big welcome. We are just, oh, we, we are so delighted to be able to host everybody here. We know it's a big day for you, but how great, hey, to start the day by coming together and celebrating our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, well of course, the manger is one aspect of, of his life, but the truth is, we're talking when we, when we think about the life of Christ, about a journey. A journey that, dare I say it, may not yet be complete. Now, let me explain that. The journey, yes, um, as we understand from the Gospels, uh, uh, has a very, very uh, special place here in the manger. Um, from, the, from the manger, and um, sorry, Kira, I'm going to be walking back and forth today. So, But, um, uh, of course, this wasn't the destination for Jesus. But nor was the cross. From the manger, of course, Jesus would go to the cross. But the cross was not his final destination either. I remember in the, in the Philippines on one occasion, there were um, many crosses which still had Jesus hanging there as if, well, that, that is a reminder of the most significant aspect of the life of Christ. But I want to say that from the manger to the cross, he then goes to the throne. Now, we don't have a throne, but, but I want you to just look at the apex of the building there and picture that up there somewhere is a, is a throne. And, of course, that represents the reign of Christ. He, he ascended on high. He didn't remain on a Christ. He rose on a cross. He rose from the dead and, and was seated on a throne. But there's one other aspect of the journey which I want to pick up on, and, and that is from the throne he longs to come into our hearts, your heart and my heart as well. Then the journey is complete. Can you imagine Father God taking us all on a road trip? And can you imagine us sitting in the car and, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And can you imagine Father God at the, at the wheel of that, that, that car taking us on this journey, wondering in his heart, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Have you received the reign of my son in your heart yet? Because then the journey is complete. We've been over this Advent um, celebrating uh, or looking at the, the history and so forth of a number of Christmas carols. And, and over Advent, you've probably noticed that there have been a few you know, Christmas themes that have been missing, and I want to try and cover them all today. Uh, firstly, we haven't done a lot on mistletoe. We haven't done a lot on snow. Uh, we haven't done a lot on reindeer, and we haven't done a lot on Frosty the Snowman. So um, let me let me see if I can help you help you here. Okay. Uh, so what was the first one? Mistletoe. Okay. <gasps> one of the greatest secrets out there. Do you understand? As legend would have it, mistletoe. If it is dangling over you, free kiss. Free kiss. Apparently, there is something, something amazing about mistletoe that if you can draw your spouse nearby, um, it's, it's an opportune moment to, to just have a little bit of a peck. What are we saying when we, when we kiss? Well, if you think about your earliest kisses from mum or dad, it's kind of a, you are precious, you are special, right? And the same when we find that special someone in our lives and we share a kiss, it's a you are special. You are precious. Do you know mistletoe is a reminder of heaven's kiss for all mankind? The manger, 
The manger is really that symbol of, of heaven's kiss for you and for I. Pascal said there is a God-shaped void in each and every one of us, meaning quite simply that there is, there is something inbuilt into us. We know all about the body, the mind, the emotions. We're conscious of all of that. But within us, there is also a spirit, small s, spirit, a, a, a part of us that only God can fill. And basically, if you think about every search of mankind for meaning and purpose, it's wrapped up in that. Pascal was a, was a brilliant mind, and, and he just put it or articulated it so beautifully, a God-shaped void in every single one of us. We want heaven's kiss. We want to be kissed by God. So many of us you know, are angry at the God who doesn't exist. We're angry about something, but, but when, you, when you break it down and try to make sense of life, all of us were meant to be kissed by God. We were meant to receive that kiss from God that tells us, you are loved, you are precious, you are mine. That's, the, that's the, what the manger tells us of. Okay, from um, uh, John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. There's heaven's kiss. Um, after mistletoe, we had... Snow, snow. Uh, how many Christmas carols? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Let us know, let us know, let us know. What, where does that fit in, particularly on an Australian landscape? You know, um, well, snow re reminds us, uh, we were in Tennessee on one occasion, and so wishing, up in the Tennessee mountains, so wishing for a, right, a white Christmas. We arrived at this lodge and they said, never happens, never happens. You know, January, that's when the big snows come. We said, well, we're praying for snow anyway. We're from Australia. We've never seen a white Christmas. That night it snowed. It was just beautiful. All of a sudden, this green landscape turned to white. It was the most magnificent thing. Of course, we did what you know, everybody does. We went out there and we, we tried to make snow angels. Being from Australia, they ended up more like snow demons. But, but you know, we, we did all of that. And, and, and then, you know, next, hey, hey, next morning, came out to check our snow angels, gone. It was just this beautiful virgin landscape once more. The snow had absolutely covered everything. It was fresh. It was new. I guess in Australia, the best we can come to understand that is, is, a, is a beautiful virgin beach. Every morning, the waves wash up and clean the beach for us. And, and really, the cross is a reminder from God that that's what he does for our sin. We know that we are alien to God. We know that there is something blocking us from receiving heaven's kiss, from understanding it. And that's what the cross is all about. The journey of Jesus took him from the manger to the cross. But on the cross, he would cover our sin. He would basically take that, 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 that landscape of, a, of an erroneous life filled with errors and disappointments and so forth. He would take that landscape and he would cover it afresh. David said this after the biggest blooper of his life. Uh, allowing his affections to, to, to sway towards another woman, Bathsheba. David was wondering, what hope is there for me? And in Psalm 51, he cries out to the Lord, please cleanse me with hyssop. Only you, God, can forgive me for this sin. And then he talks about, if you would do that, it will be like I will be covered. I'll be cleansed as white as the snow. He was talking about a life that had a whole new landscape now. It was a new start, a fresh start. And the journey of Jesus takes us from the main 
danger reminds us that God loved us. I'm here for you. I love you. You are precious to me. I know that you are estranged from me, but I'm going to fix that. The journey takes him from the manger to the cross, where on the cross we are reminded that God covers our sins as white as the snow. That's what he does for you, for me, for every single one of us. Every time, every sin, he can do it because he's God. And then from, from there we went, where, what, what was our next one? Reindeer, okay. Well, from the, from the cross, he goes to the throne. Now, to understand this one, um, you, need to, you need to know a, a beautiful, beautiful soul um, in our church. Her name is Liz Lawson. And if you know Liz, you'll know that she will often call you dear. Now, you've got to imagine for a moment, you've got to imagine for a moment that Liz is answering this question. Liz, why did Jesus rise from the dead and ascend to heaven? Because he needs to reindeer. Okay, so reindeer. Thank you. That work. It works. Are you here, Liz? Yeah, yeah. That'd be right, wouldn't it? That's what you would say. So the journey of Jesus takes him from the manger to the cross and then to a throne, and that's where he reigns, dear. The reign of God and, and the angel Gabriel told Mary, he said, He shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Governments and kings will fall. I mean, imagine how many prime ministers have you already had in this lifetime? How many presidents? <laughs> in fact, in Australia, just wait a minute. I mean, we, we, we change them in and out, but God's reign will never end. He will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. And his reign is perfect. It's just. It's righteous. He is the king that you want reigning over your life. Oh. And, and then from the throne to the last one is is the heart, the human heart. You see, the journey's not complete until the reign of God comes into the heart of a person, the heart of you and the heart of I. He wants to reign on the throne in your life. He really does. Um, there is a beautiful, and those, those who know me regularly as their pastor know this is one of my favorite verses, but Paul sums it up this way. It is no longer I that lives. Are there seven more precious words in the Bible? It is no longer I that lives because the reign of Christ comes and he, he comes to reign within us, giving us a whole new life. He, he, he doesn't just make us better. He makes us new. It is the new us. It's, it's the you you always wanted to be. That's what the reign of God does in a person. And that's what makes his journey complete. When, when God's reign from, from on high comes and dwells within human heart, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives and reigns in me. That's what Paul had discovered. That was his utter delight. That's what made him a transformed man. That's what made him totally new. Now you might say, well, if, well, if God is reigning in me, where's me? Uh, just, just, imagine, just imagine this. Um, uh, imagine you have just been given the, the keys and, and the wheel to a, to a super fast car. I mean, something so powerful, it's, it's dangerous. You get behind the wheel of that thing and you drive it and you just feel like there is too much 
power under this hood for me to possibly control. I actually had such an experience um, in my, my training many, many, many years ago with Victoria Police. We went out to a, a, a training range where they would teach us to drive, and we went out onto an oil slick uh, skid pan for a while. That was fun. Um, and, then, and then we had to do this 90-degree turn. It was a single lane, and this lane headed all the way down and did a 90-degree bend, and we were supposed to take it at about 100 k. And I remember my driving instructor, you know, saying, you know, so I want you to, I don't want you to decrease, I want you to take this bend at 100 kilometers. And I'm, I mean, the car's capable of it, but I just didn't feel capable of it. And I thought, I can't do it. And then my offsider, because there were two of us being trained in this car, and he said, do you want a shot? He said, can't do it. And so the instructor gets behind the wheel and he says, you can do it, and this is how to do it. And I tell you, this was seatbelt fastened, and as we headed for that bend, it was rather incredible. But he put the car into the most perfect skin, and he took that corner as if it was just it was a parking, uh, it was just a little parking spot. It was amazing. He was the right person to have behind the wheel of that car, and I was a very, very happy passenger, I've got to tell you. Well, that's how it is with our lives, too. God's reign is perfect. You don't get kicked out of the car as it will. You just want his reign over your life. He's the perfect driver. He's the perfect person to have behind the wheel. Yes, he's on his throne in heaven and he will reign forever and ever and ever. But does he reign within your heart yet? Okay, last one was Frosty the Snowman. Will you allow God to melt your frosty heart? Oh, I was working hard at that, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> you know, don't let your heart be, don't let your heart be frostbitten. Don't be cold towards God. His journey at the moment is only completed when his reign comes and dwells within the heart of you and I. Are you holding up the journey of God? Are you keeping him back from completing his journey in your life? Don't be like Frosty. Don't be cold towards God. Allow him to calm and to warm your heart, to melt away all of the objections. Because to be quite honest, we all have questions about God, but isn't that what makes him God? Isn't most of our resistance not in the head but the heart, to be quite honest? Come and let him melt away the objections of the heart. Come and let him do a beautiful work in your life. Don't be like Frosty. Invite God to complete the journey, to come home, to come home and to be with you. Bron read it before, that precious little verse, to all those who received him. Have you received him yet? Maybe you've been celebrating Christmas as a holiday. How would you like today to celebrate it as Christmas? The celebration of Jesus Christ. The celebration of Jesus Christ bringing his forgiveness and his reign into your life just like he has mine. I know, I know, I'm just an ordinary guy, but the spirit of Jesus within me has made everything different. That's my testimony. It has been for decades. It still is. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, to bring him home and let him complete that journey. And maybe today, rather than just a holiday, it's going to be a Christmas day for you. Maybe your very first Christmas, the day that you received Jesus, his forgiveness and his reign into your heart. That would make this a very, very special day.
And if you would like to do that, it's so, so simple. Join me in just a little prayer. And then I'm going to ask um, some girls to come up and they've got a song about what Christ in your heart will do to your life. Let's pray, shall we? Jesus, thank you so much for this simple message, but this wonderful message of salvation. Lord, if there is anyone here today who might feel just a little bit frosty towards you, would you help them as they perhaps pray this simple prayer with me? And, and if this is true of you, and if you are at the end of yourself, and you would like to invite God to, to take control of a life that is out of control, then maybe you can, in the quietness of your heart, share the words that I'm about to pray. God, there is much that I do not know about you and perhaps cannot know about you. But I do believe this, this day, that you sent your Son, you so love the world that you sent your Son, so that my sin could be covered and that you could bring your reign into my life to birth a whole new me. Your promise was to those who would receive you, they could become a child of God. I would like to be that child. I would like to be a part of your family. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart and my life right now. And in faith I say, Thank you. And now for all of us, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for the reminder of this precious message. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your goodness. We love you. Amen. Thanks, girls.
You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www.elthambaptist.com.au.